0: Praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas at Crossway Church. I'm here in the studio. We're here every Monday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. Central Time teaching right now, presently in the book of 2 Peter, and we're in chapter 2. If you want to get your Bibles and go ahead and be turning there, I'm going to take a couple of minutes here before we begin today just to make a small commercial, if we could. And I want to remind you that if you're watching me right now, you're watching on the Crossway Church Queen City, Texas Facebook page, of course. But later, these two sessions, one on Monday morning, one on Friday morning, are uploaded later to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can go there and find a a huge boatload of messages from way back, Uh, the camp meetings, determined camp meetings from way back, even uh, just every Wednesday, every Sunday, we are live on that YouTube channel as well on Wednesday evenings and Sunday mornings. So, avail yourself to that YouTube channel and you will find more than you'll probably listen to the rest of your life. (laughs) So, also, there is a Spreaker app you can get on your smartphone and you can type my name in, Curtis Hutchinson, or our channelist for those who have ears to hear, and it's really all audio and you can, my goodness, there's even more on Spreaker than there is on YouTube, but it's all audio, and you can follow it, like it, whatever you have to do to get alerted when we go live. Look, like I'm recording live even on Spreaker right now, and you could be listening to that on the audio, but even when I travel, everything I do is on the uh, Spreaker app, and you can get that on your smartphones. Also, my Facebook pages are Pastor Curtis Facebook page and Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page. Every morning, somewhere between 7 and 8, I'm uploading on the Pastor Curtis page. Right now, we're in the book of Colossians, one verse a day, as it is in the light That our Lord is in, that's the light of what he did at Calvary as the Lamb of God. And also on the Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page every morning, we're in the book of Psalms. Right now, the very end of Psalm 63, one verse a day. And uh, so I encourage you to uh, follow the Pastor Curtis page. Request to be my friend on the Curtis Hutchinson page and follow and like the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas Facebook page and subscribe to that YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Also, something I rarely do, but on the website, uh, www. TheCrosswayChurch.com. Again, that's TheCrosswayChurch.com. There's a store icon up there, and you can click on it and go into the store and see there's 11, 12, 13, some like that uh, commentaries that I've written, and I rarely advertise them on this show, but I'm going to this morning. My oldest writing is all God's works are done in truth, derived from Psalms 33 and 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. This is an amazing little booklet, 60-something pages. It'll bless your darling heart if you're learning the truth of the word of God because if all God's works are done in truth, that means outside of truth, you won't find him at work and it's very important you know these things another one is our galatians commentary that i've written recently and uh, you really would be blessed by this this is a 99 page uh, little commentary on the entire book of galatians and again you would be blessed if you're learning the truth of the scriptures our most popular little booklet is Let's Talk About Righteousness. In this little booklet, we find out that it's 55 pages long, by the way. And what we find out when we begin to study righteousness is that it is the key that unlocks all the mysteries of who we are in Christ, who we've been made in Christ, what it is we're serving now in Christ and 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 what it is we're waiting for righteousness is a, a huge key to everything that pertains to us as the children of God. And I'm so grateful to have an opportunity to have written these things, and I've written so much more. I just haven't had time to get it all formatted and put out there and printed. And But if the Lord tarry, we'll get around to it one of these days. So praise the Lord. Avail yourself to all those things. And one last thing is that we do still mail out every week 10 expositors' study Bibles. And so if you're not helping us do that as of yet, please, I encourage you to do so. You can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231-5950, Two three one fifty nine fifty, and just click on the Bibles to Inmates uh, opportunity, and so right into that takes right at forty dollars a Bible per Bible, and we mail ten a week. I'll let you figure that out every week, ten Bibles, and uh, you go get your pencil and paper out and figure how much that how many Bibles that is a year, and how much money that is a year. And I'll let you see that God is providing and God is is doing that for the inmates. They request that Bible. I've got about six or seven letters yesterday. And they just pile up and we keep a steady flow coming in and a steady flow going out. So I encourage you, help us with that opportunity for them to receive the Word and you to receive a great blessing for helping them receive the word. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter 2, this is part 6 of our uh, second chapter of 2 Peter. And so let's start here in verse uh, 12 today so that we won't have to back up. We'll just start in verse 12. And the Bible here says, But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, captured and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you now what we see here and we realized in our teaching on the entire first letter that Peter wrote its basis its context was suffering this second letter obviously up to this point has been about for the most part a warning of false teachers, not on the outside of the church, but on the inside of the church. That's why he's having to write about it. Because these are inside the church services, the Bible says, while they feast with us they in the worship services. But I want to point out a few things about this verse 13. That although verse 12 says they speak uh, evil of the things they understand not, and we'll see what it is as we read on what they understand not. And you'll see in the scriptures this morning what they don't understand, and it's because they don't want to understand. Amen. There are those that don't understand, and they want to understand. That's the fear of the Lord. And God shows them his covenant. You remember the apostle Paul, already saved, already filled with the Holy Ghost, and he he's finding that he can't live for God, but he wants to. He wants to with all his heart. He wants to be pleasing to God, to live for God. He wants to be like Christ. He doesn't just throw throw a line out there and say, "Well, you know, nobody's perfect, y'all know, you know. nobody's perfect, you know. God God don't mind us having some fun while we're here." No Paul said, "Oh, wretched man, Who's going to deliver this old wretched man? See, there's those that don't understand who want to understand. And then there's those that don't understand and never will. And hell's full of them. Got to watch making excuses by saying, well, they just don't understand what you're talking about. This message of the cross and the sin nature. I get it. They don't understand whoever they are. They don't understand. Hell's full of people that never understood, but it's full of people that never understood, that never wanted to understand, that made excuses for why they didn't need to understand. And that's what we're seeing here today. And again, there are people that don't understand and they want to understand and God will show them his covenant. You can count on it. So watch this. It says there are spots and blemishes sporting. That means reveling themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Now they count it pleasure. It's okay. It's, they count it pleasure. It's pleasing them to riot in the daytime. <clears throat> and that word riot. Speaks of reveling. That's that party spirit. That's that party spirit. We can do this and also be just like Christian. We we can do all that and be Christian folk. And listen, we're not here to judge today. We're not here condemning anybody. we just reading the Bible. And I... And speaking from experience, I was one who was backslidden out there, had no fruit that you could see at all that I was a Christian, but God showed up in my life and convicted me just like the words here could do to a backslidden child of God. Uh, and I was convicted and the Lord brought me back to the gospel, the fellowship of the gospel. and I did still did not know about the sin nature. I still did not know the only way the Holy Spirit works is through faith in the sacrifice, but when I heard the gospel, it was enough power in that basic message of the gospel to, to pull me out of all the mess that I was in and put me among God's people, put me in the word. Now, it would be 10 years after that before I begin to learn how to live for God, not what to do, going to church, studying how to live for God. How to turn the other cheek. How, and we still don't get it right even though we know the answer now. So don't be sitting out there saying well he's just a self-righteous And no no we still sometimes choose not to go the right way after we've learned the right way. How many times have you not gone to church when you just didn't want to when you knew you should? How many times have you after you learned how the Holy Spirit works through faith and the sacrifice have you not allowed Allowed him to work because you, you wanted to trust in something else. And you must have been trusting in something else if you got carried off out there in the left field and beat down for a, a month, a, 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 a decade, however long it was before the Lord could get your attention. A lot of people don't come back. A lot of people hear the gospel and they choose not to ever come back to what they once claimed they believe, and maybe they did start out right. Surely you can, and then say, forget it. I'd rather go this way. That's clearly in the Bible, no matter what the religious traditionalists say today. But watch this. This is that party spirit. And that party spirit is puts spots and blemishes, not the sin itself, but the 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 that which is being trusted in, bringing about, the spots and the blemishes being serving the sin nature that that causes that to take place. We get all caught up in the actual acts of sins, and there are many acts of sins, but every one of them is due to the sin nature dominating whoever is carrying out these acts of sin. You know, we hear preachers say, bring bring those drugs and throw them on the altar. It's not the drugs that need to be on the altar. It's the heart. Amen. I mean, the drugs may be giving you a problem, but they're not the problem. The problem is the sin nature. We'll see that today right here even in these scriptures. Watch this now. Uh, they're feasting with you. They do in this during the day, party spirit, and say, well, at least we're honest and open about it. They're taking pleasure in it, the Bible says. But then they're also in the worship services. And even if they're not in the worship services, their language is that of, well, at least we're saved like you. You know, God's not condemning nobody, and nobody's perfect, and we're just like puppets on Satan's strings saying a bunch of factual statements, but it's not it's not truth. Truth liberates. Facts are facts that could be right, but they, they, they won't liberate. Truth and knowing truth liberates. And, and liberation moves us from riding into serving Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And this gets all down even into these sporting bars, sports bars that are there today. You know, maybe not midnight, 2 a.m. in the morning, lights out, people staggering into each other in these old nightclubs, that too. But these sport bars today. People go and drink and watch sports and all that. And it's that party spirit. But we're okay. At least we're honest and doing it out in the open. That's that, that's that and and, 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 and when they're confronted about sin, then they speak evil. We just saw it here. They speak evil. Where is this at? In verse 12 of the things they understand not. You know, are you judging me? Are you condemning me? Well, you're just condemning me. You know, you're no better than I am. They're speaking evil, and we'll see what they're speaking, really speaking evil about in these scriptures. Watch this now, verse 13 again. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to revel, to write, this partying spirit in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves. That means reveling in themselves. It's all about me and what I feel and what I want to do. At least I'm not hurting anybody. If you're a Christian and you're living that way, you're having a negative effect on the body of Christ that you claim to be a part of. So, there is none of that, well, you know, that's that. Listen, I'm not hurting anybody else. This is my life. What I do is my business. It ain't got nothing to do with them. If you're a Christian, it has everything to do with everybody else that's a Christian, the body of Christ. And you get that attitude like Cain when the Lord approached him and said, where's your brother? And he said, well, am I, my, am I my brother's keeper? You know, You know, let my brother do what he, I'll do what I, you know, no, no, no. Are you a part of the body of Christ? Then you're responsible to be uh, an example for the body of Christ. And that attitude, well, ain't nobody perfect, you know, and God don't mind us having fun. God don't mind us having fun long as what we're calling fun is not hindering our witness of Him. Amen. And they feast with you in Their own deceivings. They're deceiving themselves. Now, I've been there, so I'm not talking about people, not even thinking about anybody in particular except myself because I was out there. But there's hundreds of thousands, if not maybe even more than that, people that are or claim to be probably are Christian who are caught up in this. And they get mad when you talk about it. So there you find the conviction. Watch this, verse 14. And and notice before we leave verse 13, they feast with you. They go to church too. They go to church. They're in the church too. That attitude is in the church too. The world is in the church too. And a lot of times today, it's more than in a pew. It's in the pulpit. Watch this now, verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery... And that cannot cease from sin. That is that word sin that's used 15 of the 16 times in chapter 6 of Romans. It's the noun. It's talking about the sin nature, not acts of sin. But they cannot cease from being dominated by the sin nature. And because of that, watch this is all that can happen. Anybody who's being dominated by the sin nature, this will always be the result. They will be beguiling unstable souls. What is an unstable soul? I looked it up. And to be unstable is to be unfixed. Get that. Unfixed. Something unfixed is not sure. Well, it's church this day, but this, this day, and you know, you've heard about a lizard called the chameleon lizard. He's brown if he needs to be brown. He's green if he needs to be ground. Whatever his surroundings are, that's what he'll be like. That's what this, there these people who are of this party spirit, but in the church, and, and listen, They have, they're they're teachers too. They're false teachers. They're not just sitting on the back row in church, although they're there too, even some on the front row, but they're in the pulpit at times or they're in back rooms teaching. They're, listen, their eyes are full of adultery, and this could very well also mean spiritual adultery because it says they cannot cease from sin. They cannot cease from being dominated by the sin nature. And But it, it tells there in verse 12 that they're going to utterly perish in their own corruption. Their heart is corrupt before the Lord. Their, their heart is corrupt, and... And, 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 and I know a lot of your teachers throughout the ages have written in most of the commentaries that these are just unsaved people in the church, but that's not really the case. These are people, if you'll see verse 15 just for a minute, uh, well, verse 13 says they're feasting with you. Verse 15 says they've forsaken the right way. You can't forsake something you hadn't ever had a hold of. And, and so... We'll see that as we go into this. They cannot cease from sin. They cannot stop being dominated by the sin nature because their eyes are full of adultery. And in that, listen, in that, if they wanted to understand, they would, just like anybody else that wants to understand, God would show them his covenant for victorious, living Christian life. Let me say this to you today that if you could place your faith, if you could trust with your heart, if you could yield your heart to the very work of Christ at Calvary and not experience the resurrection power and life of Christ then neither could you be saved. There's a lot of people today that think that they believe and they were saved, but yet they say, I tried the cross, but it. I believe in the cross, but it's not delivering me from this whatever it might be. Let me say to you that the power of resurrection life, the resurrection life of Christ is tied to the death of Jesus. If your heart is yielded, to the death of Jesus. You're not crucifying yourself, my friend. This is co-crucifixion. You are crucified. You were crucified with Christ. He died as your substitute. He's the one that was crucified representing you there taking your sin and crucifying it to the cross, forgiving you of your trespasses. And that resurrection life and power is the consequence of that death being yielded to. You understand that? So there's no such thing as yielding to the truth of the cross, the death of Jesus, and the result not beginning to be resurrection, life, and power. Hallelujah. Our lives should look like resurrection, life, and power to others while our faith, our hearts are yielded to the death of Jesus. And all this takes place by the Holy Spirit who cannot Bring about resurrection, life, and power in our experience here in our lives unless our hearts are perpetually touching the sacrifice. It's not saying the word cross, it's not going to a church where the preacher preaches. The message of the cross. It's this heart yielded to coming to God with a heart that just is empty and wants to be full of Him. Coming to God with empty hands so that He can place in my hands what needs to be there. I I don't bring stuff in my hand. I bring, uh, listen, uh, an an empty and a willing heart and empty hands that he may fill my heart and my hands with what he desires. But let me say this again in this session. There is absolutely no such thing as a heart touching the death of Jesus that will not experience resurrection, life, and power. Now, there's always going to be the fleshly lust in us until we die. But as long as our hearts are yielded, this is the good fight of faith, my friend. This is the good fight of faith, and it is ongoing, not just a few little hit bit here. This is a perpetual non-ending. You take a break from it and back up, you're toast. You take a break from the good fight of faith, you stop yielding your heart to the very death of Jesus, and you're going to stop being able to show resurrection life and power to others or experience it yourself. Remember, you can't express something you're not experiencing. And do experience by the Holy Spirit, this is within the law where the Holy Spirit works. And if you want to live in victory, your God will show you these great truths that you're hearing right now. If you want to live in victory, When you get sick of you, when you start learning to hate your life, as Jesus said, you must before you can find true life, his life, then he will show you. Not until then. Christ can only be unto you. Listen, in his life, what you accept he is to you in his death. There will be nothing unequal about that. What he is to you in your heart, your union with him in his death for you, that will also consequential be resurrection, life, and power. I'm not talking about sinless perfection. I'm not even talking about ever attaining a place where there's not something awful going on in you wanting to control you. But the promise is that if you walk after the Spirit, meaning you keep your heart yielded to the very death of Jesus, that that thing will not be fulfilled in you. Hallelujah. Instead of that thing that's in you that fleshly lust, instead of that being fulfilled, you'll be able to express the life, resurrection, life, and power of Christ. Hallelujah. Instead of that fleshly lust that, would, uh, that wants to be expressed, you have that option as a child of God. So these people that say, well, I tried to cross and it didn't work. No, they never understood it. And until it, it comes down to they want to understand it and want, stop pressing in until they do understand it. God sees that heart, that's the fear of the Lord. And He's promised the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He shows them His covenant. That's Psalms 25, 14. So watch this now. They, in verse 14, it says they cannot cease from sin and that's that sin nature, they're bound by it and when you're bound by the sin nature, listen and we're not talking about just clubs and alcohol and drugs and promiscuous sex you can be preaching in the pulpit five times a week and be bound by the sin nature Get that now, because if you're not using God's Word to point to Calvary, that means you don't understand it as the answer, and you're not experiencing it as the answer, because if you were, you'd be presenting it as the answer, but because you're not, all you can do, and I did it for years, and 99.9% of all ministers today are doing it, they're beguiling, unstable Unfixed souls. Why? Because they're unfixed. Yes, we believe in the cross, but are they preaching the cross? Yes, we believe in the cross, it saved us, but now we're trusting in something else. That's the the only avenue of beguilement, my friend. The only avenue of being beguiled is because my heart is not fixed on the one object that God has given me to trust in. And that's what his son did for me at Calvary as the Lamb of God. Watch this now. They, that, unstable souls, unfixed souls, same as them. The, the, the deceived minister deception to the others like them who are also unfixed. See, until you get fixed on the cross... You're not going to get fixed in your experience by the Holy Spirit. You might get up and put on a good show. We might quote scriptures for three hours and entertain people, but we beguiling them if we're not pointing them to Calvary. I don't care what preachers say today. If they don't open this Bible and point people to Calvary, there is an unfixed experience happening there and it is beguiling and my Bible tells me not to let any man beguile me so when these men are brought into the church and allowed to minister and they don't open the word and point to the living word and what he did is the Lamb of God at Calvary, there's a beguilement there that's taking place among the unfixed. Those who are fixed not going to tolerate it. That's why this letter's written. Those who are fixed not going to tolerate that. They'll speak their peace about it. They'll let it known according to the scriptures. That's not right. And then all the Bible says you mark them and... Uh, Because this beguilement is causing uh, division. This beguilement is causing uh, uh, offenses. It's not the ones who it looks like causing the offenses. It's the ones who are causing the offenses because they're unfixed and they're beguiling others who are unfixed. And they're trying to move those who have been fixed away from the fixed place, which is the cross of Christ and their faith therein but he says unstable souls a heart they have exercised look get that now let's read this verse again and let it flow together i love the word of god and i pray that the spirit of god will show you something beautiful here having eyes full of adultery this this is first and foremost it's spiritual adultery because the other adultery wouldn't be happening If the spiritual adultery wasn't happening, again, while you're trusting, yielded in your heart to the death of Jesus Christ, the consequence, the result of that is resurrection, life, and power. No, we don't become perfect in this life we're living, but we do, listen, listen, the cross of Christ is what comes in between that work of the flesh that wants to manifest it <laughs> wants to manifest itself. It's like in the fall time when the leaves begin to die and can no longer produce. It's because something has come inside in between that tree and 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 what allows that tree, To bear forth the fruit. Listen, when the cross gets put into our lives, when our hearts are yielded to the truth of Christ in his death on Calvary's cross, then it blocks. Everything that that sin nature wants to do, wants to produce, wants to make us. It's the cross of Christ that crucified that old man, that sin nature. I hope somebody's getting a blessing out of this today. I know I am, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Somebody ought to shout up in here, hallelujah. Watch this now. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin... Have you ever been there when you didn't know the answer was the cross? Do you remember how excited you were because you did want to understand? You did want to know how to live for God in victory. You did in your heart want to know how to express Christ. You couldn't, but you wanted to. And God showed up in your life through some avenue, radio, television, somebody on the job. You you walked in some church and said, my Lord, that's that's what I've been looking for. That's the truth, hallelujah. And you begin in that moment. refreshing you felt. What produced that phrase? I I feel like I'm born again all over again was that resurrection life and power of Jesus stirring and working again that which made that hope alive again because that heart yielded again to the very death of Jesus. Glory be to God. Watch this. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised listen and that word means trained a heart they have trained with covetous practices get this now these people are in the church these people are the bible here says are cursed children They listen they've gone back they've gone back under the law they, they've gone back under They've gone back under the place where they experience curse. Listen, I don't care, listen, I don't care what you read, and how many scriptures from the old covenant you quote, if you're living and trying to justify yourself or even any avenue of growth. Or deliverance in your Christian life based on anything but a yielded heart to the death of Jesus. Not saying, well, of course I believe in the cross, but a giving my heart to this great truth. Anything else, anything else is going to move you away from the spirit of grace. Read the book of Galatians. You're going to fall from grace. And you're going to be bewitched. And you're not going to be experiencing the life and resurrection and the power of Christ Jesus. Not going to happen. Not without the heart yielding to the very death of Jesus. Not going to happen. And we're either being trained by the sin. See, the sin nature, when he's dominating, he's training. That's why we're told to be not conformed To this world. Don't be trained by this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove, that means experience, what is this good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Hallelujah. That is only done through a yielded heart to the sacrifice of Christ, not by going to church, not by reading your Bible, not by praying, not by fasting, but by a heart yielded to the sacrifice, the death of Jesus. The church has gotten away from this. Praise be to God, I believe the greatest move of God that, that, that is going on right now, probably that's ever been in the church age. I believe it. I believe, look how many Bibles there are in the world. Look how many people now, not like just in the past, Couple of hundred years, a man showing up here, writing a book, preaching some messages nobody knowing about, and and then you know uh, be a hundred years later before uh, another man. You know, all these, all this, a spot, spot, good spots here, good. Opportunity, but now there are churches popping up uh, all over the world. It's no, it's not just everywhere, but there are churches popping up with ministers who are determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ in him crucified. Why? Because it's God's absolutely everything answer for all things. He doesn't have two. God's answer for everything is my elimination in Christ illumination nation in and through me. Hallelujah. I got to be removed and Christ has got to be inserted. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So watch this now. Their hearts are are being trained with covetous practices this greed this greed I'm after more I just want to have more I want to be known more I want to have more money I want to have a bigger this I want to have a bigger that covetousness and it that word covers a gamut of uh, of a lot of different things that we could take two or three sessions and talk about covetousness but It says that their hearts are being exercised with covetous practices. And again, this is what happens under the sin nature's bondage. Because when when I'm being dominated by the sin nature, that means I'm not serving obedience unto righteousness, Romans 6.16. I can only be found in my experience serving obedience under righteousness if my heart remains yielded to that form of doctrine that initially freed me from sin and made me a servant of that obedience under righteousness. Get that now. If I move my faith to anything, even the things I'm supposed to be doing in the Bible, if I move my faith to what I'm doing, like these men that get up and say that you can be delivered by doing this or by whatever they say, it's a lie. It's a beguiling because it's not what Jesus did. Only who Jesus is and what he did at Calvary can save you initially and deliver you moment by moment and allow you this potential this potential to be able to express Christ. That's all based on whether your heart is literally touching the death of Jesus. It has to be, listen, it's not just automatic. If it were, we wouldn't need what's written in Galatians and many other places. It's not in the subconscious of our mind that just because I am a Christian, it's just gonna naturally flow out of me. No, it's the good fight of Christ faith. Faith is required. That's why God dealt to us the measure of faith so that he could have something. He gave us his spirit. He gave us the measure of faith. He gave us everything we need to be able to live and live godly lives. Hallelujah. So there's really no excuse. There's no excuse for the people of God. There is no excuse for the minister of God. And ignorance is not tolerated by the Lord. The Bible says that God no longer winks at ignorance but commands men everywhere to repent. And they will have to repent or they will get farther and farther away. And listen, let's continue to read this. And there's a lot more that we could talk about here because this is not just here a little and there a little. This stuff we're reading about today is in the church at a massive level. And I'm not talking about just the part of the church that now is accepting, in the name of this pseudo worldly love, not godly love, homosexuals in the pulpit. And I mean, that's a beguiling. That's a beguiling. That is a spirit that when it's allowed to come in in the name of love, that's not the love of God, uh, uh, then it's it's going to have a negative effect really on all those who are unfixed. Unfixed folk in the church are going to be beguiled. You've got to be fixed on the truth. That saved you. And if you're not, as the only answer that God's offering you for everything, if that's not it for you, you're unfixed, and you will allow these other doctrines of devils that seem right. They don't come in with doctrine of devil written on them. They come in as that that seems right, a teaching that's devilish, (coughs) fleshly, earthly, not that which is from heaven. So verse 15 says these, they have forsaken the right way and are gone astray. That means they had the right way, but they've gone astray from where they were, what they've had. Now they still going to church. Get this. are spots and blemishes in church. Even if they're not in worship services, they're out there claiming to be the church. But their spots and blemishes. They've forsaken the right way and are gone astray. Here's what they went astray. See, here's where the Bible tells us what they went astray after. And you'll never, I will never be able to blame anyone for enticing me and leading me away or beguiling me. They're going to have a price to pay. A reward, the Bible says here, of unrighteousness. And they're going to perish in their own corruption. But I am responsible for not allowing my flesh to lust after these things that are not focused on Calvary's cross. My flesh, this in which there is no good thing, loves to boast of itself, loves to run away to something other because as long as I am trusting in the sacrifice of Christ, then self is being denied. Self must be denied, the cross taken up, to even be able to follow Jesus Christ. He taught that himself. In today's milk down Christianity, Let me tell you something. In God's eyes, it ain't milked down. It's still what it's always been. But in men's eyes, this milked down, you can just add any old thing and we're all going to be okay. We need to just all love each other and get along to go along. And God says no. God says no. That's not going to work. They have forsaken God. The right way. What's the right way? It's the way of the cross. It's the way of righteousness. Let's keep reading. We'll see it. They're gone astray. What was it that their eyes saw, their hearts begin to go after and literally be trained by what they're going after? We read it already. Following the way of Balaam, the son of Bazar, who loved the wages of, of unrighteousness. And if you want to read the story of Balaam, you can go back in Numbers, Numbers chapters 22, 23, and 24. It begins in chapter 22 and read how this, this prophet who was not even among Israel, but and we don't know a lot about him really, not too much, but he was outside of Israel, but yet he was a prophet and God showed up in his life and 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 spoke through him. And anyway, God wouldn't let him speak against Israel or curse Israel, but yet he still he wanted to, because there was there was what the Bible here calls the wages. He, he was being offered by Balak, the king of Moab, or or what, whatever he was the king of. Whatever it was, you go look, it's Numbers 22. This Balak, he he offered him riches and just all sorts of this worldly goods. And Balaam, he wanted that stuff. But he he told Balak from the beginning, I can only speak that which the Lord God gives me to speak. And you know the story of Balaam? He got on his donkey. God told him not to go. And then God turned around and told him to go. And then the Bible says that God was angered because he went. Not because he, but it was why he went that God was angry. Because his heart was covetous. He was after this worldly goods. And he's going to keep trying and trying and trying. He's going to keep testing God. You read that story and, and, and Balak, listen, Balak just kept on tempting Balaam. Come on, let's ask him again. Ask the Lord God again. Ask him again. Ask him again. And every time Balaam would set up seven altars and have seven sacrifices or whatever however the story goes, and the Lord would speak to Balaam, and he'd tell Balak, I can't curse Israel. You can't curse what God has blessed. And, but, the, but then Balaam, his, his loving the wages of unrighteousness, he's he was responsible for allowing or enticing the people of Israel the daughters to marry people of that land and it caused big problems uh, thousands of people uh, the lord would strike dead because of that you go read that story it's an amazing story and i'm not going to get into its uh specifics uh, But it's a beautiful story. And this Balaam is told us here, he he forsook the right way. He went astray from the right way to follow the wages of unrighteousness. See, there's wages of unrighteousness just as there are wages, rewards of righteousness. And we said it in the last session Proverbs eleven eighteen, and I'm sure there are many more. The wicked works a deceitful work. See, his heart was wicked, and God was speaking to him, and he was speaking that prophetic word to Balak, but his heart was wicked. But to him that sows righteousness shall be a sure reward. A lot of the ministers today in this world love the wages of unrighteousness. This is this, They don't know this. They're deceived. See, but deception means I don't know that I don't know. And then they're even being told that you've forsaken the way. And then they start calling all them elitists or prideful. All these names, I've watched it for 20 something years. People that preach the cross and, and say that's the only avenue that the Holy Spirit's going to work within to bring about salvation or the experience of it. They're called prideful and elitist and told you've turned it into a law, you know, the preaching of the cross into a law. And all these, this, this determination you claim and you got is really just selfish, determined. All this stuff, it's to beguile. It's to beguile and move folk away from the fixed. God ain't got but one fixed place. It's the place Jesus' eyes were fixed on when he was on his journey in his earthly ministry. His eyes, his heart were fixed on Jerusalem where he would offer the opportunity for all the human race to be fixed by God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You take your mind off Calvary, you took your mind off God. And only those who keep their mind on God going to experience that perfect peace that was made for us by the blood of that cross of Christ. Hallelujah. These folk today who just... They just hate it. They can't stand it that there's people out there that won't move away from the sacrifice of Christ, won't move away from it. They, they I mean, when you open your Bible, you think you just got to make everything about the cross. Let me tell you something. People have even told us, that why don't you just let prayer be about prayer? Why don't you just let, you know, <clears throat> Forgiveness, be about, why don't you just let faith be about faith? There ain't nothing in the Bible that's just about that without the cross. Everything in the Bible has got to point to Christ and what he did at Calvary because anything we're teaching, if the heart's not yielded to that death of Christ, you can teach on it for a year. Ain't going to be no impartation. The words to Moses to tell the people after he read the law to them, and they said, we will do it. We will obey the law. And he didn't say, well, no, you won't because you can't. He just poured the blood on the altar, the people, and the word, and said, behold the blood of the covenant made for you concerning all these words. There is no impartation of truth except the heart be touching the blood of Jesus. That's not words coming out our mouth. That's the heart that's yielded. We didn't save ourselves by proclaiming something. The Bible says we we obeyed from the heart unto righteousness, that form of doctrine, that hearing of faith, that work that Jesus did at Calvary, that work and way of righteousness there's only one way that can be forsaken that's the way of righteousness look at this but he was rebuked this Balaam was rebuked for his iniquity the dumb ass the dumb donkey speaking with man's voice forbade him restrained the madness of the prophet these These people in the church, they're whales without water. They're whales that are digged, dug by men. But it's not the whale of salvation that comes out. It's the whale of men's wisdom. That's always outside the perimeters of the cross of Christ. You see, the Bible says that in the mystery is the wisdom of God. In in the mystery, and the mystery is Christ in him crucified. The riches of the glory of that mystery is Christ in us, our hope of glory. But the mystery is Christ in him crucified. In the mystery, this is what Colossians tells us, in the mystery are the treasures of God's knowledge and wisdom in Christ Jesus found. The mystery is Christ crucified. Get that. Inside the mystery is the wisdom. And that wisdom came from heaven so that we could escape the wisdom that's here among men that's devilish and fleshly. Get that. That's James chapter 3. If the message of the cross is not being presented, not just mentioned, But pointed to, the Holy Spirit can't deliver you to death always unless you're willing to go. Unless you're willing to accept it. Unless you're willing to remain in the place where you did when you were saved, where you saw the need for it. Hallelujah. And those who want to please God, those who want to live for God, not say they do, millions say they do. But those who want to, God only looks upon the heart. There he sees those that want to live for him and they want to please him. He shows them his covenant so they can touch it from their heart and then their lives can produce the life of Christ out of that union with Christ in his death. You see, we preach the cross so that folks can believe in that great truth and their hearts can yield to that so that through them can come the life. Listen, and again, let me say it today. What we're looking for in the church is resurrection, life, and power. But it only can be seen in the lives of those whose hearts are touching Calvary. And those whose hearts are touching Calvary are fixed and they're proclaiming this fixation of God in our hearts. And those who are not, those who come in suddenly proclaiming something else, making it appear that you could do this or say this or whatever to have victory in your life, if it's not your heart yielded to the death of Jesus, my friend, they're beguiling you and able to Because you're not fixed in this place where God fixed you, where he was fixed. See, being fixed is standing on that unmovable fixed rock of salvation. Hallelujah. Not pleading the blood with your lips, but the heart trusting, yielded to that death of Jesus, my friend. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Watch this whales without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. These people are going to pay a price and it's going to be eternal price. If you're under the sound of my voice and you're a minister, you best wake up, my friend. You better better wake up and you better quit placing a higher value on what other men think of you You better quit placing a higher value on your association with other men, whoever they might be. You better place the highest value in your heart on that which God sees the greatest value of all, which is what He was able to do in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, on Calvary's cross. And there alone will He be able to fix your heart and fix your eyes on this fixed path of righteousness that he set before you as a race to run. Let no man beguile you. Many have tried. Even of late, many have tried. But because our hearts are fixed where the heart of God is fixed, As the old song says, when the devil comes wanting me to come out from my hiding place and play like I used to and get slapped around by him, he's going to have to go find somebody else now. I found my hiding place in the cross of Christ, his very death. Safe and secure, dead With him and hidden. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. God bless you. I'm so excited you found us on social media. And I pray that you would hit that share button. Don't be ashamed of these truths and don't be ashamed of those sharing them. God bless you. I pray that you'd have a great day. Don't forget to avail yourself to those things I mentioned early. The website, the YouTube channel, the Facebook pages. Helping us get the Bibles into the hands of the inmates. I just encourage you to to get involved where the cross is the focus, not some of the time, but it is the preeminence of all things in these last days' ministries that God is raising up. Hallelujah to the Lamb. God bless you. I pray that His touch be upon you, body, soul, and spirit, and that those of you who are suffering in any way... We'll find the grace of Almighty God today because His grace is surely more than enough. God bless you. Have a great day. I love you. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.